Election College episode 82, Contested Conventions. Is this something new? Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Yeah, Jason. There's all this talk about contested conventions, and some people are flipping out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like everybody thinks this is a new thing, but we, being the history experts of the podcast world, of course, and we we gave ourselves those <laughs> right. names. Uh, we know that's not the case. You're so humble. Hey, you know what? Just take a break for just a moment about the podcast history experts. We are by no means the history experts, but just uh, under a year ago, you and I were like, hey, you want to talk about election history? And you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. And guess what, Ben? What's that? 75,000 downloads. Yeah, crazy. We're like... It's awesome. It's like a, it's like three quarters of 100,000. Yeah, and it means that like eight people are listening to our podcast over and over and over again. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, thank you so much. We have gotten so much feedback and we really appreciate it. That survey that we had go out uh, a couple of months ago, we got so much good feedback, and, and we hope that you enjoy uh, some of these podcasts that are not following a chronology. So, thanks. And I already said chronology. <laughs> so, anyway, contested conventions and the big freakout session that is kind of looming ahead. People are just getting ready to freak out. But, yeah, there's nothing new about it. Yeah, so basically we're talking about it because it's huge and in the news right now. And we also thought, well, this is election stuff and we're election podcasts, so let's talk about it. Uh, A contested convention is basically if no candidate gets the majority of the votes that they need to win the nomination, then uh, they do a vote and they don't get a, a response or, you know, they don't get a definitive amount or winner. And then everybody is a free for all. Yeah, they're free, free fallen. Yeah, because it's kind of crazy, and you're going to hear talk about it. Well, actually, I'm already hearing talk about it about, hey, such and such candidate won the state, so they got the delegates. But guess what? People are going to try to stall it and go to a second round of voting. And, and we've seen that happen. So. Yeah, just like Ben said, uh, you go into a convention, not one candidate has the majority, and these delegates are just going into the back rooms. They're smoking cigars and pipes, <laughs> and <laughs> there's probably a poker table somewhere. There's probably some dogs playing poker in the room with them, and they're wheeling and dealing. Yeah, so, I mean, really, if you're younger than... Oh, about 45 or 50, you probably, you may have lived for it, but you don't remember the last time there was a contested convention in the United States. 
And that's because it like it doesn't happen much anymore. People pretty much get the nod before the convention ever starts, and that's you know, just like an official thing to to hold things over. But we are looking um, all the way back in history <laughs> from 1868 to 1952 to see all the different kinds of contested conventions there were. And there's a lot, and some of them are pretty grisly. Yeah, so just a warning, if you can't stomach the fact that our nation is not a democracy, it's a republic, Mm -hmm. and that our political parties, the big political parties that is, are definitely not democratically electing or nominating their candidate, then um, you might want to stop listening now because you're just going to have all kinds of stomach cramps and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> but, but if you're like in the 1940s or the 1860s, you know, you, you got an iron stomach. You can handle it. So hang in there. So Jason, the Christian Science Monitor says the Republican candidate was pretty certain that his part, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but this this is an article they wrote about contested conventions. The, the Republican candidate is pretty certain that they're going to nominate him for president. And so is like everybody else. He's got the most delegate votes. He's the most famous. He's certainly the front runner. But a lot of people inside the Republican Party are worried that he's not going to get elected. And because, you know, he's he's all sorts of all over the place on things. So what do they do, Jason? Well, of course, they broker the convention. <laughs> they... They get in there, and it's 1860, right? Oh, and I hadn't said that yet. That just give it away? Give it away? I was trying to make people think it was 2016. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's 1860, and of course, William Seward is the favorite. Everybody knows it. Um, there's this guy named Abraham Lincoln. He's coming out of Illinois, like the middle of nowhere. And some of the the Republican bosses are like, ooh, Seward's not going to win the general election. We're in trouble if he wins. Yeah, so he hadn't quite gotten um, – he got the most delegates, but he certainly didn't have the support of the party bosses and everything. And this is something that kind of – well, they call it brokering the election. A lot of people don't like call it brokering the election. They call it contesting the election or the uh, the convention. But it's called a brokered convention because people just kind of get together and scheme and, and work behind the scenes a little bit. And I don't necessarily mean scheme in a bad way, um, although you could certainly see it that way. But it pretty much just uh, prohibits the party from being split and it allows the party to choose the candidate that they think best represents the party. Yeah, so I kind of liken it to this, you know. I just got back from a big convention, right? It wasn't a political convention, but um, I had some ideas going into the convention. It was about social media. and I had some perceptions about this thing and that thing. And then I meet some of the other convention attendees, and we begin to knock around some ideas. And, whoa, Jason changed his mind about a few things. He, <laughs> he heard some things that were like, yeah. Yeah, that, that's reasonable. And that's kind of what happens. You go into the convention and 
you've got your state and they're like, candidate A is awesome. You know, Seward is awesome. He's, um, he hasn't bought Alaska yet. (laughs) Um, and they all get together. All these delegates get together and they're like, oops, (laughs) maybe Lincoln is the guy who's actually got a chance to win. So today, current day, the candidate needs 1,237 delegates, which they get from the primaries and caucuses in order to get the nomination before the actual convention happens. And if they don't get those 1,237 delegates, then uh, they don't automatically get the win. That's just kind of how it works. That's how things go. And so if you're wondering about this current year, we're going, uh, we're kind of looking at things and no one has a surefire 1,237 delegates coming to them yet and potentially not at all. So like right now in 2016, we're looking at what could be history someday, right? I mean, I guess that's always the case, but uh, we're talking about these yeah. these uh, elections and nominations in, in history and we're seeing one happen like right before us. So yeah. So there's, there's a bunch of strategery going on here. And uh, do I need to say that a little bit slower? Strategery. I think going so. On. <laughs> um, that's the reason Kasich has been hanging in there with the race. He does not have any chance at all of getting that 1,237 delegates. And Ted Cruz doesn't look like he has a chance to get the majority. But what will happen is the delegates for the Republicans are going to travel to Cleveland. They're going to get off the plane. They're going to see Drew Carey. (laughs) And then after they see Drew Carey, they're going to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is going to be hilarious. And then they are going to say, this is who the people wanted from our state. And then they throw their vote into the ballot box and nobody gets the majority. (laughs) And then what happens is the second round comes around and and then what happens, Ben? Well, on the second round, everybody gets to vote for who they want to. And some people will say, no, my state told me to vote for this person. I will continue to vote for this person round after round. And other times people just start throwing their weight behind the candidate that they think is the most likely to win in the national election. The problem, Jason, comes in. And and I mean, it seems like this could be a good thing, right? If nobody is a clear winner, then democracy almost gets to decide, almost gets to decide. Um, But the problem is that people who get nominated on the first ballot win the election or between all the nominees, not just Democrats or Republicans, people who get nominated on the first ballot win the election 55% of the time, which means that the second ballot or later, those people only win the election 39% of the time. So if you want your party to win the general election, you really want to have a unified presence going into the uh, convention, which Jason and I talked about like 500 times throughout history. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because, um, you know, this isn't the first time that a candidate with the Democrats, you know, Bernie is the this is the first time we've said Bernie 
on the podcast. It Bernie is. is kind of the the outside candidate, but he's he's a politician. He's been in this thing. He knows how it works. Um, and on the Republican side, you've got Trump, who isn't necessarily a politician. I guess he is now. But there was a similar situation back in 1952 where... Dwight Eisenhower, you remember him, right? Mm-hmm. He is back from World War II. The Democrats want him. The Republicans want him. And then at the last minute, he's like, okay, I'm going to run as a Republican. Ouch. <laughs> and, and so he was kind of that outsider candidate. And you had the establishment candidate who was Taft, who was the son of William Howard Taft. So at the end of the first ballot, Ike is leading, but he still doesn't have enough delegates to be the majority. And so you have the second ballot come around, and then they're like, hey, Minnesota, you rock. <laughs> Harold Stason, you remember him? I do. We said his name wrong a bunch of times. Yeah. But Stason is like, okay, listen, guys, I'm kind of throwing the election um, towards nobody right now, and go ahead. Go ahead. I like Ike. (laughs) So Minnesota's delegates are like, yeah, we like Ike. And then Ike wins. So right after he wins, Ike calls up Taft, and Taft is, well, a little more than upset with him. And he says, hey, Taft, um, you know, why don't we just bury the hatchet and, uh, you know, you want a Republican to win the convention, or you want a Republican to win the the presidency, so why don't you go ahead and campaign for me? And uh, and Taft's like, well, I hate you, but okay, you got a deal. <laughs> I hate you, but I hate other people worse. So, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. So uh, we've been talking a bit about Republicans. Um, the Democrats, they've had contested conventions as well. Probably the best known. Now, there was a more recent one where Mondale didn't have a majority um, going into the convention back in 84. Um, but they got that all settled. So they just let bygones be bygones, which the Democrats have done a really good job of that, putting on that unified thing. So, Ben, let's go back to 1924 on the Democratic side, and things get a little nasty. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, McAdoo, which I still contend is one of the coolest names of anybody we've ever talked about on the podcast, uh, he is pretty much the favorite not favorite uh he he's um during the first roll call he gets 431 votes smith only gets 241 but everybody else is way far behind but they had to have 726 so all that math to say neither one of them got enough to get the nomination there were too many people involved yeah they just keep on going back and forth like we hate you. We hate you. <laughs> and uh, you had all kinds of issues like prohibition. Um, you had immigration as a big thing. You know, you would have totally said they were a bunch of xenophobes <laughs> at that in that era. And then you had the KKK. So you had race, you had immigration, and you had alcohol. 
those three things go perfectly together, of course. They should. Yeah, it's quite explosive. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, so what do we have? We have 103 ballots total. And so it takes until July 9th until Smith and McAdoo are finally like, okay, we give up already. We're just give up our candidates. And John Davis gets the nomination. 103 ballots, Jason. Not not like, oh, the third or fourth ballot like a lot of the contested conventions were. 103. Can you imagine how hot and sweaty everybody was? (laughs) I mean, that convention had to have been the worst. I mean, you're in Madison Square Garden. It's not like where the Knicks play now. It's the old Madison Square Garden. Um, so I would imagine that those people were probably wearing suits and ties and big fancy mustaches. They're they're probably getting pretty toasty in there. Yeah. So either it was a lot of fun, but seeing that the issues were alcohol, racism, <laughs> and immigration, eh, yeah. So it's actually kind of funny because if you go over to the wiki page, which all good researchers should go to the wiki page, right? Uh You'll see the results like first ballot, 15th ballot, 20th ballot, 30th ballot, 42nd (laughs) ballot. It's pretty bad. So then, yeah. So uh, Davis, he gets the nomination and all that effort, all that sweating for nothing. Bummer. You got you got to be unified. So yeah, I mean, there have been many other contested conventions, and there will probably be more in the future, including, possibly, maybe, potentially, there is the potential for it to happen here in 2016. Yeah, so there's really no need to freak out about it, because this is part of the beauty of the American political process, and hey, why not just enjoy it, sit back, relax, and maybe talk about the past <laughs> and listen to our podcast instead of consuming your time with eh, that garbage that you see on TV. Also, political affiliations totally aside, I just think it'd be a lot of fun because it'd be crazy and probably a little bit disorganized or not even disorganized, but just like almost like a mess. <laughs> yeah. It just feels, you know, it's not the norm. Hey, we might as well, right? It's all been like a WWE match up to this point. So yeah, let's see what happens. There you go. Hey, if you want to see what happens along with us, you should totally subscribe to this podcast. Some of you may be listening for the first time. Some of you may be listening for the 82nd time. Uh, whatever case it is, if you're not subscribed to do that, it helps us. Um, you'll get to hear us right away. It'll be automatically downloaded to your device and iTunes will be like, Oh, Hey, subscriber. And that'll help us out. Yeah. And if you notice, we don't do a lot of commercials every now and then we'll mention this or that, but, uh, we try to keep this podcast as commercial free as possible, but we do ask if you shop on Amazon that, if you're feeling especially generous, you can visit electioncollege.com slash Amazon and it'll take you to Amazon. It'll look just like the Amazon that you love, except we're affiliates and that gives us a little cut and it helps offset some of the hosting fees. And well, let's just face it, talent fees as well. Right. And that link again is electioncollege.com slash Amazon. Pretty simple to remember, hopefully. Yeah. 
I'm going to beg you for one more thing, and that is uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes specifically. You could do it anywhere else too, but make sure to go over to iTunes. Uh, we've get a, we've got a lot, and especially for how independent our podcast is. Jason, I just saw another major network put out a podcast about elections, and guess how many episodes they have? One, and guess what spot it is on the chart? Number one, and it makes me mad. But I'm not bitter. It's okay because our listeners. Rock. That's right. Don't listen to. Well, I'm just going to say, don't listen to BuzzFeed's podcasts over ours. They have money. We don't. So, you know, listen to us. Yeah, and we're sober when we record. <laughs> 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 yeah. So leave us a review. Leave us uh, a rating. Leave us a star thing, and tell a friend. We'll see you next time. Thanks.